This is episode 33 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. We've actually been doing this for a while now, hey? It's crazy, man. Even like just this this year in general, like it seemed like January was like taking forever. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden I'm just like, February, it's over. This weekend, Lethbridge PBR. Yeah, first event. Jacked. For, well, not really the first Second event. Just PBR kidding. The Second event. Yeah. One <laughs> of the best ones we have yeah. all year though, hey? In, like, my, in my opinion, that's like the best event. It's great. Just like the crowd's so good there. Oh yeah. The College whole, town, good times. The city, yeah. It's a fun place to hang out for a couple days. Yeah. There's always some good rides. And usually like you see, like if a guy does well there, they usually end up on tour at some point. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess this year, I think, well, we won't talk specifics, but I mean, at least 170 world points mm -hmm. with And you can make a pretty big move. Monster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sweet, man. It's yeah. Crazy. So Lethbridge, then we got TP Creek next week. Then we got Calgary in a week and uh, the 22nd and 3rd. And then you go on to the 21st is the Tarp Auction. Ski I mean, race, 20th. Ski race is April 20th. But or we're talking March. Yeah, we're talking March because oh. that's what time Then we is. go to Invermere. Invermere Hockey at the end the of the boys. month. Yeah, so we got a big month. March is big month and it starts getting warm the days are longer like it's just a great time it's Start exciting doing, exciting time to be alive it's nice yeah even like when you go out at like four o'clock and you go somewhere that you're inside you come, and it's still yeah, light out when you come still outside light it's up. so nice welcome i'm a big fan of that when even like today when we're recording like it's sunny day out calgary yeah. the last two days here have been absolutely terrible like it's been like windy and blizzards. snowy i got stuck snow drifts yeah stuff happens so enough of that stuff how was the date? The bachelor the update. First, first the bachelor update. We're going to do a bachelor update every show, I think, <laughs> from here out. I mean, we put a, we put a lot of it into that podcast. That so was, should, you guys deserve an update. Probably um, a new highlight of new highlight podcast so far. It yeah. seems like every one we do. Let's hope it doesn't have better. to be an annual thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just book the next one. Yeah, fuck. With, with my track record. We should, probably book, we should probably book Eddie in for the next -book, one. -book. He was already scouting everything out. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was trying to hijack the show. I think he was. Vibe, yeah. which is like I, I probably got it. a date out of it. We've already he just hasn't told me one about it. Yeah, that's true. We'll find out in due time. I'm sure he'll yeah. post about it. Yeah, but no, it's Abigail and I. We hung out a couple weeks ago, and it was nice. There will definitely be a second date. <laughs> There's already been like three, maybe dates. a third date. We found out a few times. It's been it's been going well. She's a yeah. pretty cool girl. You got stuck at her house. Got stuck at her house yesterday. Was that on purpose? No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> well, maybe it was. I could say it was, but because you stayed over. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we were got unfortunately got stuck in a snowbank. <laughs> Un unfortunately, quotation marks. A snow, a snow drift. Uh, oh, I got, oh, I got stuck. Oh, I can't stuck. go home. A snow drift, <laughs> snow drift in the middle of their yard. <laughs> but yeah, no, all is well. Things are on the right track. So stay tuned for the next episode for next update. I'm still working on that that GC for you. <laughs> yeah, we're still we're still waiting for Teddy to give us the prize that was promised for. Yeah. No, we haven't received anything for the keg yet. But, but hopefully by the next podcast, Teddy will have the get gift card ready and we can go... Eventually. Buy, I'm working on it. Buy one appetizer with our $25 gift card. I'm working on it, okay? <laughs> maybe a couple glasses of wine. Yeah, maybe one. Probably just one. <laughs> <laughs> one plus a tip. Yeah. No it might just be you just getting lunch there sometime. Yeah, just not even take a date. Just meet <laughs> myself. Yeah. Can I get your cheapest appetizer, please? Mm -hmm. I only have a $25 budget. <laughs> also happened since the last podcast, the Hannah Cowboys hockey tournament. Huge news. This is the biggest news of 2019 so far. Big Valley Cowboys. Champions. Champ. This is where we play We Are the Champions by we Queen. We are the champions. Also, watched Bohemian Rhapsody last night. Hot film. Great film. Okay, we can't, can't, we gotta stick on the hockey though. We can't, we got people need to know about That's this. what they played when we won. We need to go, we went on a 3 0 run on the weekend. On, at we the were, Hannah tournament. We were untouchable. Well, we almost, it was thanks to good, some good goaltending by Gator. He gave us a chance. He gave us a chance. 
I got a goal against him. Man, you, you were your goal game guy. Uh, did I get two or did I get one? Teddy scored a big goal in the final. I think I only got two goals, but I got some apples. Better than no goals. Nice assist in that same game. Oh, yeah, you passed on a two-on-one first yeah, time in your life. First time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a, that was a, such a sweet weekend, man. Especially it like fun. as much as we've been talking about it on the podcast, like I'm sure you guys are sick about hearing it though at the Hannah hockey tournament, but we're the champs. Like, yeah. We like, and we said it like one of the first times we ever mentioned, like, this is the year we're going to win. And yeah, we did true. it. And like, there was no way, it. there's no way we were losing that. And Wacy did very well in the net and he stopped, stopped a couple bucks. He stopped a former, former AHL hockey player. Yeah. It wasn't really a factor that game. That game. They're all pretty hungover. Those guys. That's I'm, true. They we drew, like we drew a good. We drew a good straw with them being playing hungover them at 10 a.m. And me not wanted. Like I would have sacrificed a baby to win that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, huge news. Next year we go back to defend for the 30th anniversary of the Cowboy tournament. 30 so years. It's gonna be a huge, huge it's deal. A lot. Yeah. So we'll we'll be able to cool it on the Hannah hockey tournament talk for a few episodes. Well, we can't now. We're the champs. We're the champs. We got to rub it in. We got we got bragging rights for you. For anyone else that listens to the pod that actually knows what we're talking Ever about. Ever since we've been the champs. <laughs> also that weekend, PBR Global Cup, Arlington, Texas. Yeah, big big time event. Team Canada, rough goal. Yeah, let's break it down a little bit. Let's let's talk about the. I think Team like, Canada it wasn't without a lack of effort. Is it was yeah. just one of those deals where like there was like how many th- seven second bull rides were there on the first day? I think it, I think three. Yeah, and then yeah, and they rode what one only rode one bull that. Yeah, day. exactly. So just yeah. like I think just a matter of that's just bull riding where it's like some yeah. days are diamonds and some days are dirt, and mm-hmm. that whole weekend was pretty much dirt. The lot of dirt, and it sucks too when when two of your better guys get hurt in the first day too. Like you lose Tanner Byrne and yeah, Lonnie West. Like those are those are two two of your guys yeah. you were hoping to rely on. Yeah, and then you see and then those are also. You don't have Brock already. Exactly. One of your top guys. Yeah. And you see like there's a like the first day, like maybe Jared should have stayed on that bowl. Yeah. But he wasn't easy by any means. But no, but still need that score. You gotta right? find a way. When find it goes a, by yeah. scores, you just gotta get the whistle. Find a right? way to stay on and like I don't know. that bowl that Lonnie got on, like that's a bowl he rides rode, a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's yeah. just one of those things where you have a bad day yeah. and it's just turned out to be a bad day for the whole team. And it just kind of yeah. rolled into Sunday too, right? Like, well and, and it just started off. Like I, I had a really bad feeling. Were we were we watching how are we we were watching on the way back to Cal. Calgary on or way something? back to Hannah. No, on Saturday we were watching on the way oh, down. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So we fired it up on the way home, and Dakota starts it off on Rising Sun, and it's like this is like it kind of that's, your, that's your home run. Like right? that's, your, that, that's the one you yeah. know is going to be kind of set the tone. And then that bull has a bad day. And like, what are the chances of that? Like two right? weeks before that, Jess Lockwood had gotten that bull, and he had yeah, the same trip with ninety on points on him. Like, yeah. what are the chances? And Daco- it's a bull that Dakota's rode before too. For he was ninety on in Milwaukee, and I think that was a, the matter too of like how he left. Like when Dakota and that bull, he like really bucked it hard in the, yeah. in the shoot. I think maybe that was a tribute to him like having an off day, but that's just, it starts like that. And it's like, Oh, we really needed that one. Cause mm-hmm. there's 18 outs over two days mm-hmm. and need 12 scores, right? 12 scores. And it yeah. was one on 11, but still like, that's only seven buck offs. And like, and like nothing against our guys or anything like that, but like the numbers just aren't quite the same. Like for our guys to win, they've got to like really step up and ride those extra bulls mm-hmm. where we needed that score with Dakota. We needed Jared to get that score on that second bull. And he went to seven seconds. And then with, with those first two, the team just kind of, I could feel it from here. Like, oh, it was like a dominant, it was a dominant Super effect, deflated, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you, you, you're one guy you can know you can count on. Yeah. I'm not saying that Dakota didn't try or like, no, he like tried his ass off. Just, it just that matter. Just didn't work. Deal. Yeah. Right? It just didn't work out. And that's, that's bull riding, unfortunately. Like yeah. You can, like even you see like, like week to week with a lot of guys like, 
like even like Chase Outlaw, he'll go we go three for three one weekend, the next weekend yeah, he won't even stay. He won't even stay on anything. Or right? another thing too is that Aaron hadn't been on many bulls. Like Aaron, mm-hmm. Aaron went to you know probably went to Saskatoon was the last time he got on anything. He might have been on some practice bulls. I don't know this. Yeah, for sure. did he go to Winnipeg? He did go to Winnipeg, but yeah. that but he hasn't been on that level of bulls. Yeah, well you see, you too, see right? that bull he got on the first day like right yeah. into his hand like a bull that like, six years ago Aaron would would, would have ate up. Yeah, exactly. Even twenty sixteen when he's when he's on tour the whole year like yeah would have been there but like it just yeah I, I wish that guys would have done better and they, it wasn't for a lack of effort no and that's the thing just one of those one of those deals out. where and yeah. like when you're competing against like like the Americans are so good like they're yeah. like, both teams both like teams. the Eagles and the Wolves like yeah. those guys are really good like they're and they're top, top ranked guys, guys right like yeah nothing and not, same thing like Dakota but Dakota and Tanner are kind of like out of the I guess we don't even have a guy in the top 30 right now do we Dakota mm, yeah. when I looked after after St. Louis it was like yeah we, we don't have a guy in the top 30 right now Lonnie's out uh yeah Brock's out yeah we don't so, so you have a look at that you got like Stetson Lawrence is up there top 15 top 20 or has been Ryan Dirty Deer won Oklahoma City the week before mm-hmm. well, and then that Cody Jesus is like one of the hot yeah, shots doing, on right Cody, now Colton Jesse doing really well right yeah. now Keyshawn rides a few our people. guys kind of haven't been as hot so it's kind of a different deal but I mean they are top ranked guys like Tanner Tanner Dakota and Lonnie are like they're top. Yeah, they're are, top yeah. ranked guys. But they're just, not top. 10 they're not. They're not. Saying. They're not hot right now. Right? What do we have? Ten Canadian champion on our team, and the Eagles had like eight world, world champions. champions. Yeah, no, it's kind of like sure. a little different. There's a bit of a decep- separation there. Well, even yeah. like even with the Brazilians and the Americans, is a separation oh, yeah. too, right? Like those guys all like ride over forty percent of their bulls. Well, and, and some of those guys, some of those guys came over here for the first time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's uh, it's tough. I mean. Yeah. But the nice thing about it is like Canada, like going back, to, going into the next one, like they still have a chance. Like, oh yeah, it's just a matter. Of, I think they're gonna show up and really kick ass at one. It's just think, a matter of time yeah. and just the things working out. And mm-hmm. and I mean, hey, you can only go up from here now. Yeah, exactly. You only go. Yeah, you only get so low before you start <laughs> going back up. Exactly. And like in the, but like you you change the dynamic of the first day and you those seven second bull rides turn into yep. rides in here fucking bam. rides bam game changed the whole dynamic of the weekend right then you beat mexico you beat australia and you're third and it's not as big of a deal mm-hmm. well that just gets that confidence for the team too right exactly yeah okay we got a good good show coming up here this is part two of the ron cast part two. ron mcclain from hockey night in canada you've been waiting for it hometown hockey here it comes he's coming up after this you're listening to episode 33 of cowboy shit with ted and wacy the guys talked with ron back in september let's just dive back in and let's get ron's take on rodeo. I, I think the sport is great. And I think it's great because it's traditional, like baseball. I think you know, we're we're always going to be in that complicated arena of trying to say that to the animal activists or to say to the, you know, people who are really, it's funny, there's more gun violence, right? It seems like, but people will always equate hockey and football and rodeo with danger, but they don't mind a figure skater without a helmet. So it, it, it's a really frustrating thing when you, I wrote a little article, a fun article, mostly for children about sitting and watching the rodeo with my standard schnauzer Jackson and just explaining to him, you know, why rodeo is great and why the animals are happy as a lark. Just because I feel that, you know, when I when I come out to do the stampede, I'll get lots of social media criticizing me for partaking in this, you know, old fashioned violent abuse of animals and frustrating, right? But how am I going to, you can't convince people against their will. A man unconvinced is against his will is unconvinced still. So it's no sense to waste your breath. I used to get the hugest kick out of listening to Bob Tom, maybe out of Cloverdale's, one of the rodeos that gets the most protests, but it's great. I I wouldn't worry. uh, I think the the setup is fabulous. The money is there. I I really wouldn't change a thing. I remember reading that story. It was on the Sportsnet website this summer, just after, was it just after the stampede or just before, or or when was it that you wrote that? When was, with about when you're sitting with your with your dog at, and watching it on oh TV. yeah it was during the during the rodeo so yeah you can you can google it at cbc yeah. uh, sports.ca uh, 
ca it's an article called uh, just ron mclean and the calgary stampede will get you to it all i've written a blog every couple of years you know when yeah. i come into calgary but but this year, and it was funny because it was I, I talked about Heather Weatherly taking uh, yeah. control of a horse in Kurt Benzmiller's barn, which I just made a guess that it was Ace that was acting up. And uh, I remember talking to Jordy Fike's wife, and she said, well, you picked a good horse. If you're wrong, you picked a good horse to use as the example, because Ace is kind of uh, that way. But yeah, it was just a, a little bit about the relationship between a human and the animal and how vital that is. Again, you know, everything is so polarizing now in our world. You're Trump or you're non-Trump. You're uh, Trudeau or you're non-Trudeau. You know, everybody's got to have a yay or an A or a thumbs up or a dislike or a like. I think rodeo is always taught against that uh, beautifully. Cowboys is an example. They don't want to be labeled an American or a Canadian. They want to be a cowboy. And, it, and the fact that you work with animals and the fact that you flirt with death and, you know, you don't suck the risk out of life. All those things are great lessons, you know, for, for people. You, Dwayne Danes is a just a great, simple example. You don't, I don't wish Dwayne to have to go through some of the hassles of rehab and some of the things you don't get to do, but you get to do other things. And rodeo people always understand that. They see a bright side, so and they see a little summoning of courage. So that's why I wrote the article. It, it, it's kind of, like I say, it's a little, little bit of a children's tale, but it, it uh, lets you understand that the animal has to be happy. It's a, My dog is a working dog, and my dog's not happy if it's not doing things like great you know, horses rodeo. So that, that was what that was about. I found it here. It's called Eavesdropping on Ron McLean's Stampede Conversation with His Dog. So it's on the CBC website. So yeah, Yeah. you you might get a kick out of it. The woman who co-wrote my books, Cornered and Hockey Towns, Kirsty McClellan Day, she texted to say how much she enjoyed it. And my wife's sister, who's a principal, I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying people that are not lost their minds, because one of my friends that I play hockey with thought I had lost my mind. So there's always two sides to the story. And that's (laughs) kind of the point. There's always two sides to the story. Oh, yeah. And you've got to tell what your perception of it is basically what you understand of it when it's that's right that's right yeah and i you know like i remember chad harden as a chuck wagon driver when one of his horses he he fell out of the wagon a couple years ago two years ago and he went he went running down the track trying to save not just his horses but to try and save the other riders because that's not a good thing to have a you know runaway wagon but the the, the spirit of the rodeo uh, you know is something that i am just so grateful to experience every year i always will do it for as long as we can well we sure appreciate having you there too that's uh I just think, I think it's the coolest thing, and I look forward to seeing you there for many more years. Yeah, uh, you know, as long as Tolman does it, which will be yeah. at least another 20. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You mentioned Christy and, and your two books. Is there another one on the way, or I just want to talk Not about Not right now, because I just feel like I can't find the time. Kirsty's good. She'd put good words in my mouth if I wanted her to, but I don't want her to. I want to be able to truly contribute. So one day when it slows a bit again, then I would love to do another. And, you know, that, I think, you know, some of the lessons from people that I've met are always good. There's a book. Tim Ferriss, I believe, has a tribe of mentors and yeah. just books that are compilations of the wisdom of uh, the people you intersect. And just like you, Ted and Wacey, get such a kick out of that. You know, that's why you're doing the podcast. I would love to do a book and sort of revisit some of those that I've been lucky enough to enjoy. And then I'd also like to interview a couple of people that, that I've never had the chance to speak with. Lewis Lapham is the editor, longtime editor of Harper's Magazine. And he has a blog and a podcast and a, a magazine called Lapham's Quarterly. His name is spelled L-A-P-H-A-M. And he's just a great essayist, and I'd love to interview him. I'd love to interview an essayist from uh, Chicago named Joseph Epstein, who was introduced to me by Doc Seaman of the Calgary Flames Ownership Group. He, he sponsored a ch- university in Regina or Saskatchewan. I guess it was Saskatchewan. And he, he sponsored a program out there. Jennifer McLennan was the professor, and she she told me about Joseph Epstein. And I love all these writers. I, you know, Kurt Vonnegut's dead now, but the people that I read to try and figure out how the hell I'm going to say a big hockey game tonight in a different way, you end up reading a lot. I wish I had when I was young. I didn't, but now I do. So 
I'm, I'm going to read for a little while longer and then maybe when it slows down, book three. What are you reading right now? I had that wrote down as something I wanted to ask you. Remember uh, reading your I book re- Cornered? That was a big part of it. I'm reading Reading Blue by Wendell Clark. I just finished a book uh, called 21 Things You Didn't Know About the Indian Act by Bob Joseph. So that's obviously in preparation for that issue is really big, Truth and Reconciliation. So it's a, I'm trying to you know make sure I understand and get wind of all the, the ways to treat that right. I'm reading a book about music and, and people called over People, yeah, by a guy named Brent Jensen from Sudbury. And that's a neat one for me because music, we always use music in our openings. And I'm so lost, sadly, on the hip hop scene, which is really a big part of our modern music. But at least rock and roll still lives to some extent. And that book is teaching me some ideas about songs and lessons. And again, I'm stealing. I'm forever freaking plagiarizing to try and figure out how to freshen up, you know, the next on camera. And you you guys know that's, that's the gig, right? So I'm constantly, constantly reading. Uh, watching Charlie Sampson, who uh, I think scored a 85 to win it, but uh, I'd, I'd like to know what he marked on that final poll. But it was, In it, I know one thing. Yeah, it was 84, or maybe it was 85, but maybe it was 84. It was. I thought it was 85 that he won, but we'll have to test my memory on that for sure. But he, he definitely had a, a great performance somewhere in there. Wacey used to ride too, Ron. He won the CCA sure in 2015 and 14. Well, I admire you greatly, Wacey, for doing it because uh, it's just such an exciting and such a great sport. You know, J.B. Mooney, obviously, just see his, his wanting to do it, right? After all those injuries, he just, he loves it through and through. And, you know, Scotty Schiffner, just to hear him was really, really impressive to, to see the love of it. And Don Cherry always said, the one great thing about bull riding or rodeo, in hockey, the toughest guys are the fighters. And Don Cherry said, you get a conscience when you're about 32 years old and you just can't do it anymore. You cannot fight uh, for the sake of the fight. That's a really tough place to be in when you're in the throes of a battle. Whereas for Scott, I mean, eventually, I don't care who you are, you, your conscience kicks in and it's your, you got to think about family or yourself or whatever you think enough is enough. You tell me, Wacy. But it was, it was neat to see Scott and J.B. Mooney this summer, this past summer at the bull riding and just think, you know, wow, where their heads must be getting on those bulls couldn't have been easy. Oh, not easy and, at all. Well, amazing, yeah. I'm looking back at these numbers too, Ron, and Charlie won it in 85. Dale Johansson won Calgary in 84. Wacy Cathy won at 83. And Dale won again in 82. Then you got Greg Slosher, another Canadian, 186. Jim Sharp's 87. Those are Good. those few yeah. f- first few years. But you were bang on with Charlie winning in 85. That would have been the year he beat Wacy, like you're saying. Yeah, that's it. Let's talk about Ty, pause a little bit. And, and I want to talk concussions a little bit. And hockey, rodeo, bull riding, kind of how that all, what are your thoughts on all that? Well, as you know, it's a loaded field. Eric Lindros is a dear friend. And he's, he's a guy that thinks there should be hitting in hockey, but he, he doesn't think it should be in kids' hockey. You know, we're still, still, unfortunately, a ways away from figuring out how to truly mark the injuries and, and decide, you know, what the baseline test is that, that will be working, you know, in letting us, you know, when in doubt, keep them out is, is the wisdom that we're going with for the time being. But it's a, it's a big question. Uh, and I, I wish I had an answer for you. I, I, like anyone else, I go to the concussion seminars and I speak and hear from doctors and there's just a little bit of a minefield of, you know, not misinformation, but different information to try and sift through. So the big thing is, is I think at least there's that, you know, understanding that we will never stigmatize the guy that chooses to bull ride in a helmet. That's one kind of, I think, important gain that it just lets you, you know, be who you are and how you feel comfortable. And 
still partake. So that's about the only thing with respect to bull riding. The, the Pazaban, you know, the mental illness that results in suicide is just, it is, it is a crushing topic. And, and I don't know, you know, in my experience listening to El Let's Talk and all our different attempts to try and make a conversation be a cathartic and a healing factor. It seems noble, but I'm not sure where we're at with that. I just don't know how to tell you if you're if you're feeling. I, I hope you feel safe. That's the, you know feel safe to come out and explain. But it's a tough nut. Uh, you know, I remember one of my hockey playing buddies had a concussion, and his agent said, "You mentioned that we're doomed. You know, you're in line for a big contract. You cannot go and get a second opinion." So it's a, it's it's the ugly side of sport that you have to protect and hide injury in order to carry on and not let your competition, especially in a team game, know that you're suffering. So. Like I said, I wish I had an answer. And I, those things seem to you know, sort themselves out like everything in life. I'm not sure if there is an answer yet either. I, don't... I, I just wish I had something for you. Eric Lindros's uh, See the Lion Symposium in London is a really good one. And, and you have, uh, you know, in Calgary, they have one of the top programs and top doctors are all in Calgary. So everybody knows kind of what to do, but it's just a really, it's a loaded question right now. And, and medicine will ultimately have the final say. It really will. You know, if that they have to sort of change the, the rules of engagement, you know, I think that's that's what it'll happen. Doctors will say, you know, you could be sued over this. And if they say that, changes are going to come down the pike. I'm curious, in your first book, Cornered, you mentioned being, was it anxiety? Did you ha- Or did you have panic attacks at oh, one point when, when you were... Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy panic attacks. And that's sort of, so that was my little mental, yeah. you know, I kept it a secret. Who, who, who wants to try and move from the midnight DJ to the primetime four o'clock in the afternoon slot or the morning show and let your boss know that you're suffering anxiety? It never seems to work. The person that, you know, I, I, I got to be careful how I say this, but in Toronto, they traded DeMar Rosen not long after he explained his issues with mental illness. And, you know, you could say that it was for a better player and you hope that that's what it was. And it probably was. But there's always going to be that worry that if you speak out about your you know vulnerability, that you will be cast aside. And I was just I, I thought for sure, Wacey and Ted, that I was the only guy in the world that got these anxiety attacks, fight or flight, heart racing a million miles an hour. So I, I just assumed it was maybe I was drinking a little too much or maybe I was not sleeping enough or what I was you know, doing to my body was responsible. And I just had to fight my way through it. But eventually, thank God, I kind of learned what the triggers were. And those were some of them, you know, don't party so hard, don't sleep so little, take care of yourself a little bit. And then the other factor was to just when you had those moments, get out of yourself. Mentally, I had to, like, I was young, so I was obsessing about how am I doing? How do I compare? All the questions that we have when we're young that are so uh, prone to causing us anxiety. And I just learned to quickly shut that thinking down. Dwayne Danes has a rule for his own journey when he had his spinal cord injury and, you know, he would have that regret about not being able to walk again or ride the way he did. He just said, I gave myself five minutes a day. That's it. I, I could have a five minute moment to have a feeling of pity, but I would shut it down at five minutes. And that's, I kind of did the same thing. I just learned, uh, and I also learned to fight through it. You know, I, I learned that if I just could get through that one minute, it would start to go away. But boy, it was a battle for uh, a good, I, I, I kind of felt it from the time I was 18 to the time I was 30. And then I would still have attacks even in my later 30s. And knock on wood, it seems to have finally disappeared for good. But And that's, you know, important. It's a hopeful lesson for anyone who's suffering anxiety now. It does it does eventually go away. But it's also, when you're young and somebody says you're going to be feeling this for the next 15, 20 years, that's a frustrating thing to hear. But, it, it, you know, just know your triggers and know how to take care of your body. You know, Ted, we thought. Oh, yeah. Well, that, and I'm not sure how I came across Cornered in the first place. Or I think I was at the bookstore one day. 
day and, and noticed it and wanted to read it. And, and that was at a time when, when I was having a lot of trouble. And I, you know, we met up at the Stampede there last yep. summer and we talked about it a lot, but that your book helped me a lot. So I, you know, I want to say thanks for, for sharing your story because I think, you know, I was in the exact same position. I thought I was the only one that was having those attacks and like, that's I didn't realize right. it. Right. For sure. And that's, uh, that is the, you know, same in sports, everybody hides an injury, uh, or at least a worry. They, 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 you need, you need teams and the good guys, Gretzky was a great player for going over and seeing that somebody just wasn't right. Right. And what could I do? And, you know, don't feel like you're the only one. And it's really important, even in solo sports and rodeo is great at it, but it's important to be in it together. Right. Collaboration is it's the only way we make it in this world. You need friends, you need uh, family, whatever it is that gives you someone other than yourself to concern yourself with. As uh, Mother Teresa said, you want to help yourself, help someone else. And that for me and you, I think is a sort of golden rule. Well, and I think that for, on my side of things, it's helping with Ty's foundation and, uh, you know, whether it be shipping t-shirts and hats and whatnot, there's just a lot of different things that way. There's a guy with cancer in St. John, New Brunswick, David Kelly, who was a longtime equipment manager of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League Sea Dogs, and he created a campaign. And it's incredible how him doing, you know, advocacy and good work has changed his whole life. He just, you know, he's living with cancer. It's not a big deal. And because he's doing something for someone else. That is what I did in broadcasting for sure, was to just stop thinking about how am I coming across and how and worry about how are Wacy and Ted coming across and etc. And then you sort of escape the prison of yourself because that's, you know, the, the great teachings even hundreds of years ago, Shakespeare, not to get too artsy-fartsy, but Shakespeare, that was everything. Hamlet ultimately perished of thinking too well. And when you think well and you dwell, you're in line for a bit of trouble. Judy Rankin, a golfer, I used to do golf uh, with Judy, and she she also said, good to be busy because you have no time to dwell. And I, I do think that's one of the secrets. I totally agree. That's, that's when I'm at my best is when I'm doing lots of stuff. So I totally agree. Yeah. But when I would going and referee a hockey game if i got yeah. to the rink 90 minutes early i was terrible oh i would i would actually pull out my rule book and i'd start to think right i'd start oh. and i it's a funny you know I, I do go two ways like i kind of have two ways of looking at everything but i do think in broadcasting you do have to overthink it so when you hear someone say don't overthink it i know what they mean you know they they're they are saying don't dwell and don't you know work yourself into a lather and and sap yourself of energy and thought but on the other hand you do need to work hard you do need to prepare you do need to think about how to make it you know I, I we're writing the opening for kitchener a month out uh so we're overthinking it uh because it's it's what we do right and so there are two sides to that story but I, automatic if you're if you're feeling tense you know you're grinding and you're grinding because you're thinking too much on that particular occasion so get out of it it always helps to talk to somebody that was that was a big part of it for me was telling other people about it and it probably yeah. helped you to write the book too oh yeah for sure and uh, and it helped me back in the day to, to talk about it the more conversations you have about i think vulnerability and our shared weaknesses and our shared just ordinariness you know we, there's a great book uh, called stolen from a hockey card by a guy from ottawa chris it's right on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, it's a story of Doug Harvey. Doug Harvey was the best defenseman of his time. Chris Robin. Doug Harvey was the seven-time Norris Trophy winner. He was the best player in the game, and he was also a raging alcoholic. And it was like, he's not this or that. He is this and that. And I always like that, you know, that no matter how, uh, I always sort of look at our, our own performance in life, and we're partly little miracles, and we're partly a little bit of muck or mud. That's just normal. And it, it takes a long time to, uh, I mean, you have to, to carry some 
sometimes a thorn to remind you, you know, okay, that's just got to stop. You know, you're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill someone else. But for the most part, forgiveness of yourself and forgiveness of others is a really wonderful recipe. Speaking to that that point, what was it like for you that year away from, from Hockey Night in Canada? Well, I really was looking forward to the hometown hockey. I, I just thought at that point in my career, it was a great thing to, I was still going to do Coach's Corner, so I'd still be on a thing that was, you know, an exciting and part of the Saturday night, although I would have been okay if I just did Sundays. You know, Don's going to be great with or without. I, I always said, you know, we were talking the other night, uh, if Don, if I ever left, I'd love Don to do his Andy Rooney. And it, some people are too young to know what that is, but there was a guy on CBS 60 Minutes, a Sunday night news show, and he would come in. Andy Rooney was his name, and he would come in with about a minute and a half rant, and it was fantastic. And Don could do that till you know, he's 110. But anyway, I, I, I looked forward to Rogers Hometown Hockey, and I just know what that show can be. It's a chance to interact with the kids, chance to tell the story of somebody in the communities all across the country to show that we're all the same. Simple as that. And then I got back on hockey night and I almost regretted it because now I have those stressful travel days. And But but the beauty of the two together is that when I roll in Cochrane, let's say, and they can say, good grief, Ron, what Don Cherry said last night, what did you think about that? You know, So there's that real excitement of uh, sharing the two shows. And I kind of look at it that we bring the Canadians to the NHL on Saturday night and then we take the NHL to the community on Sunday night, which is, is half the excitement. So it's worked out great. And I never, I have never, and I don't think I ever would hopefully be upset if it ended tomorrow. You know, I kind of go by that Jimmy Buffett. If it suddenly ended tomorrow, I'd smile and it's okay. You know, it's just, I, I'm grateful for what I do, but I'm pretty confident that whatever the next phase would be, would be equally, uh, you know, I, I, I get as big a kick out of playing beer league hockey as I get out of doing Hockey Night Canada. So I don't think it takes much to, you know, a cold beer, good conversation. It doesn't take much to have a good time. You don't need money for those. <laughs> never, never. Not much anyway. No, <laughs> enough to buy the cold beer. What's next for you though, Ron? Well, for now, I think they're going to really enjoy this little bit of a ride. Uh, I think the hometown hockey's got some legs. So I would like to see if I could do that for the rest of the contract that Rogers has, which is about eight years left. And then I'd be 65-ish. So, you know, at that point, I would think I'd have to pick, I'd have to slow down a little. You know, maybe, I mean, Don's not going to go on forever. So uh, they might be deciding on the Saturday night to make the change. And I would be content to just do Sundays. Or, I, you know, I, I've always wanted in my mind, I don't know how I would teach, but I, I, I would love to teach. Uh, so that, that would be sort of a way to back off. If I, if I stopped doing the TV stuff altogether, then I could do speeches, you know, occasionally. That Those are usually good income while you're famous, which is about four or five years. And then nobody knows who you are. <laughs> uh, but I could do some speeches for a couple of years and around the country, and that could be my money. And then I could teach at a you know polytechnical institute or a journalistic school, and and I would enjoy immensely the because like I've always said, no matter whether I'm doing hometown hockey or. I'm speaking. There's two teachers in the room. You're you're sort of giving your view of things, and then you know, if it wasn't a podcast and if I wasn't the guest, I would be picking your brain, and uh, we would be hearing both sides of the story, which would be probably a better idea. But I, I would love that. So that's that's next is uh is just either teaching or uh, or doing one show, not both. I guess the guys in Toronto wouldn't want to travel either. It'd be it's quite the process to pick up and take that truck on the road and and logistically like do a show from the road. It's not too simple to get to the rest of the crew on the road either is it for the saturday night you mean yeah like they want to keep that in in toronto that's not going to move or anything. well no not necessarily but it, 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 there was talk you know in year one or two uh when rogers took over there was talk that the, the sort of template or the idea of the sunday show becomes hockey night in canada and so you're you're not off on that i think you know they they might say in 
four or five years, okay, we can't do hometown hockey anymore. Let's make Hockey Night in Canada hometown hockey styling. I think that would be great. I really do. So that's a that's a good suggestion, and it's sort of an idea that has been percolating. But I, for now, uh, you know, if they can they can do it the way they're doing it, I think they obviously can sell two nights. That's the big thing for Rogers, right? They've got five billion dollars invested in this, and they're trying to have uh, a, basically a network night three times a week. Wednesday night hockey, which is Scotiabank sponsored, Rogers Hometown Hockey, and then the big show Saturday night. That, if they can successfully pull off three network nights, then they think they can make the money they spent when they got the rights. This is totally incredible to me. I'm I'm learning a lot as we go here too. Well, I'll, I'll ask you a question then. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, when you when you think of great communities or when you think of the, the great rodeos, which are the little rodeos? Like, I guess Pinocchio would be one that jumps out right at the forefront for me. But what, what are the rodeos that you think capture the spirit of, of the sport? Well, I think one of them is where we're at right now today here. We're, we're bucking bulls in, in the backyard in McGrath, Alberta, in the little river valley. It's just, it's pure, right? Like, it's bull riding and there's a few people here and it's it's real or even El Nor is another really cool bull riding we do where it's just a little tiny little place you know where El Nor is and it's uh yeah it's just like it's just the real deal it's just we're doing it because we love it you know yeah that that's for all that we do same with you know hockey night in Canada or Rogers hometown hockey that when you kind of tap into that you know then I think you have a good show you need a story you always need a like I was trying to think I'll give you an example of how I was trying to work through the opening weekend of Hockey Night in Canada and Hometown Hockey so I always have to think okay what am I going to say Saturday night and what do I want to say Sunday night and so my idea for Sunday night my original idea was a poem by Robert Frost well it wasn't even a poem it was just the guy that wrote poetry called Robert Frost he used to say if I ever know the ending of my poem in advance of writing it it's always a lousy poem I can't know the ending of the poem when I'm starting out or I'll never do a good job I got to start writing and see where it goes. And I love that. You know, I love that metaphor. So I thought that was a good idea for Sunday night for hometown hockey. But then the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to go a little bit of a different direction Sunday and use that on the Saturday. I don't know if I will. We're a month away and things change. But for now, I like the idea that last year in October, the very first weekend of the season, we met this kid with osteosarcoma cancer, Alex Louie. And we told him we would get him to see his hero, Ovechkin. And he went to see Ovechkin in Toronto in November and Ovechkin scored a hat trick. And he went to see Ovechkin at the outdoor game in Annapolis, Maryland. Then he went to see Ovechkin when he, Ovechkin won the Stanley Cup. And it was like, can't write that stuff. And that's like Robert Frost's idea, right? You start out with this idea and you have no freaking idea that it's going to become the miracle it became. And to see those two guys together in November and again at a Stanley Cup parade in Washington, D.C., I mean, that's just too good to be true. And you could say that about the Vegas Golden Knights story and you could say that about the Winnipeg Jets, Mark Shifley, and on and on. And so that's my, for now, that's where I'm at with Hockey Night in Canada Show 1 on October 6th is Robert Frost always said if you know the ending in advance of writing it'll be lousy so here we go fresh sheet you know let's see what the story becomes so that's just how you work right and that's okay. uh, for sure it's real I want to ask what you get nervous for still or what you get excited about still in, in doing this for you know over 30 years now I don't know if nervous was the word but I remember introducing the Tragically Hips last show from the Cocobana Beach in Rio de Janeiro and I, I was not nervous but I was anxious to get it right because and I did screw it up I, I got I got the names of the band right I got the whole gist of what I was saying right but I quoted a song lyric from my favorite Tragically Hip song which is The Wherewithal and the lyric in the song is I always love that guy he's not on TV anymore get out before he had the wherewithal but when I said it on live television 10 million viewers I said I always like that guy he's not on TV anymore he had the wherewithal to get out I got it wrong I, I, I 
I said it wrong. No one would know because it's not a big, tragically hip song. But Frick, as I did it, I was thinking, what have I just done? You know, like, I can't believe. And I still had to go on for another, it was only like two minutes. And I had to kind of switch gears and into the rest of my intro. And I had thought long and hard about it, overthought it, as I say. But it was just a moment I remember uh, being anxious uh, because there were so many moving parts. And there's lots of those moments. You know, when I'm waiting to close the Stanley Cup, Scott and Elliot are on the ice interviewing the players. And for anybody listening, I'm, I'm in an arena parking lot. There's cars and sirens and yeah. so on. That's why. <laughs> anyway, I closed the Stanley Cup and I'm sitting there, you know, and Scott and uh, Elliot doing the interviews and it's great. And the cup's been won and it's about an hour and 15, 20 minutes. And then it's me for like 90 seconds to sum up Hockey Night in Canada the year that was. And it, it's live, right? And you're just sort of sitting there thinking over that hour and a half. Now, for heaven's sakes, get out of yourself, Ron. This is not about the last 90 seconds on Hockey Night in Canada this year. You know, I have to do all those self talks just to prevent anxiety even to this day and just kind of roll with it as best I can when it, when the moment happens and I'm supposed to cleverly tie this up. You know, I think going forward, you know, I have a speech at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay on the 22nd and that's to students. There, there's certain speeches you do that you feel a little more, you know, like when I go to Innisfail Eagles for Brian Sutter and speak at their hockey banquet, it's lighthearted, it's fun. But when I speak to kids, students especially, that are, you know, kind of critical and discerning, that'll cause me a little bit of, I would again, I wouldn't use the word anxiety, but I'll be anxious to get it right. We haven't talked a whole bunch about hockey yet. You just mentioned a, mom- a moment with Ovechkin this last year and the and the young boy that saw him three different places, like you're saying. What would be your favorite hockey moment so far? Uh, that's a good one. I, you know, I, I will say doing my first ever Stanley Cup finals broadcast. So I did two years of the Calgary Flames, 84, 85. And then I went down to Hockey Night in Canada. And then I got to work my first ever playoff game was at the uh, arena in St. Louis. They used to call it the Checker Dome. And I just remember the energy. So I would liken it to uh, Cowboy uh, getting that first CFR, first NFR would be unbelievable, right? To qualify for NFR and actually experience it. So that, that really jumps out at me as of all the things, it was kind of like, okay, now you're in the big time. This is a, you know, I used to go up and down Highway 2 doing the Red Deer Rustler Junior A hockey broadcasts. And when we get to about Didsbury, I'd wonder, I wonder if they even get CKRD at night in Didsbury or if they can get it in car stairs. And you, you knew that the reach of your little radio broadcast wasn't much. But then you went to CFAC's channels 2 and 7 in Calgary and you thought, well, I bet you a lot of Southern Alberta can see this. And then you did Hockey Night in Canada and you thought, and again, I hate to think that way, but it was just a nice badge of honor to be doing Hockey Night in Canada and the Stanley Cup at once for a kid, you know, that was a media kid. That was a nice moment. And so it has to be a highlight. And then the Salt Lake City gold medals of the men and women, probably I'd put them second as as the only time I found myself almost actively cheering for an outcome. And Canada needed it. The men hadn't won in 50 years. And Pat Quinn was a lovely guy. He was the coach. And Gretzky's an incredible guy. He was the architect of the team. And that was a special one. Who have been some of your favorite people along the way that way? This summer, we when we went for dinner, I went for dinner on Tuesday night with Brian Burke, Elliot Friedman, David Amber, myself, and Fouses. And unfortunately, Nick Kiprios was was his anniversary, so he was uh, unable to come. And Kelly Rudy's in Calgary, so he couldn't come. And Don Cherry's in Wolf Island, Kingston. He wouldn't come, but he wouldn't go to dinner anyway. He hates that kind of thing. So we sat around, and I just asked the guy, so what was your favorite hockey story of the summer? We, I was in Canmore at the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame with Vernon and Fuhr and Al Coates and Bill Peters, the new Calgary coach, and down in Digby, Nova Scotia with Rick Bonus and a bunch of NHLers, and then up in Perry Sound with Bobby Orr, not to name drop, but you know, all over the summer you do charity work. I heard so many, so many really fun and interesting stories. And the one I just, I told Elliot Friedman to ask Connor McDavid when 
they did the interviews in Chicago today. He's interviewing Connor McDavid as we do this podcast. To ask him about one-timing a puck because uh, Stamkos, Stephen Stamkos of Tampa and Connor McDavid of the Oilers, they trained together with Gary Roberts. And one day, Connor was saying, hey, Stephen, could you teach me to one-time a puck? I'm brutal at it. So they each had 25 pucks and Stamkos hit the net 24 to 25. And I won't say what Connor did, but it wasn't great. <laughs> So that was just a fun, I just loved the idea that Connor's still working at trying to improve and that's how they are, right? Everywhere you go, they, you know, I was working with P.K. Subban and Austin Matthews on some Scotiabank shoots. We did 21 episodes of a thing that will run on Wednesdays this year. And again, to see them comparing notes was just priceless, you know, and, and P.K. actually told Austin, I'd like you to use a longer stick. Imagine the audacity, but that's Subban for you. He knows every stick, every curve, every pattern. He's just a fanatic about that stuff. And he was saying to Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs, you should use a longer stick. That's, <laughs> wow. those, are, those are the fun things. And that's kind of, I don't know the hockey world very well. Wacy's way more in depth in the hockey side of things, but our rodeo announcers and folks talk about how our guys help each other out. And it's kind of, you know, our competitors, our, we're competing against the animals more so than than the than the other guy so our like our people will help each other out a lot but it sounds like that's well, the same exact thing with hockey though these guys they, might play yes team. they do yeah. i mean there's a lot of secrets it used to be that coaches shared there used to be coaches symposiums where they shared stuff not anymore the stakes are so high it's really pretty tight-lipped and even players are but they're not they like i i heard Matthews and Subban talk about their diet and uh, compare notes on which company was supplying the food that shows up at their door each morning. There's a breakfast, lunch, and dinner pre-made that's got you know all the right ingredients. And as fate would have it, PK and Austin used the same one. And this particular service only services California and Arizona. And PK is in California all summer training, and Austin lives in Arizona. So that was uh, that was a neat story again. But you saw it at the the best example, of course, steer wrestling at the Calgary Stampede. How how many guys, you know, benefited from a horse and how many guys got, you know, the hazing for one guy hazes for another. And then he goes, first he goes out and tries to win the, you know, hundred thousand. And then he goes, turns around and tries to mess himself up by helping the other guy who could beat him. Yeah. And you got to love that, right? <laughs> totally. Part of why I love this sport. Being on the interviewer side of things, most of the time, what is something that, that you might not ever get asked that you want to talk about? I'm curious about that. Well, I did like the question about what are you reading? It's a simple question, but it, you know, as I say, I regret that I didn't read more when I was younger. I'm 58 years old now. And the only other story I would, you know, you talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. My wife, Carrie, had a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot to the lungs or heart that can kill you. And she got through it. I was playing hockey one night when the firefighters came and grabbed me and told me, get to the hospital. Your wife's in there. And they said, it'll be okay, but it wasn't going to be okay. It was a hell of a night. Amazing emergency room doctor got Carrie, my wife, through that. And then I went to Royal University Hospital for the Broncos. And I was right back in that. And even Brian Burke was saying the other night, you know, I, I can't, I have a hard time with this Broncos crash because he lost his son, Brendan, in a car crash. So that, you know, that isn't something that I, I really have, a, again, an answer to. It's like the concussion story. But I just have such respect for uh, first responders and emergency room doctors who deal with this high, high stress lifestyle. And to sustain that high stress lifestyle and actually have a life in front of you. It's just so unbelievable to me. And uh, I, I really, there's one thing that I talk about, you know, when I'm really on a roll, it's just what it was like in ER the night that Kerry was saved. And then what it was like in ICU uh, 36 hours after the Bronco crash and to see basically eight Frankensteins put together by miracle workers and, and kept alive. That was just all the things I'll ever see. I'm sure Don Cherry will vouch for this. Of all the things I'll ever see, that's that'll be the one that sticks. I don't even know where to start with that, Ron. I mean, we the only thing I can even closely compare it to is the when I got a phone call from Scott talking about Ty and it was... 
just right. unbelievable, you know, like, and that's the closest thing to us and you guys with the hockey community, it's just, it's just really, truly unbelievable. And I don't know how to, there's just no, there's really just no words to put into something like that. No. And there, again, you rely on friends, right? If I yeah. didn't have Dwayne Danes get me involved in the spinal cord injury, I wouldn't have been in uh, intensive care units. Like I went to see a good buddy of his up in Innisfail. Bob Blair was hurt badly. And so I saw him at Foothills right after the crash horse accident, right? Just uh, fell off a horse. But I, 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 you always are grateful for the people in your life that kind of introduce you to these new uh, ideas. And that, that gets you. Like, I, I can't tell you how the Broncos impressed they, Kevin Garinger has stepped down now. A lot of the doctors and nurses who were in that night had to take a break. You know, the post-traumatic of it is just unbelievable. And Kevin Garinger, the president of the Broncos, when you, when you went in and dealt with that team, you swore you were dealing with the Montreal Canadiens or the New York Yankees or the Manchester United, whoever you want to pick, you know, the most professional. It was such a big feeling. It was just so impressive that, that this junior A team and Humboldt, Saskatchewan could be, and, and at the NHL awards, when Christina, the wife of Darcy Hogan, the coach who died in the crash, when she read his mission statement, but what he expected from his players, it was unbelievable. And I'll get that in probably in Perry Sound. Bobby Orr, he put it up in the rink in Perry Sound, his hometown, the mission statement. And it's really every minor hockey, every uh, rodeo, you know, dressing room should have this mission statement in it. It's just a, an homage to being a good person and uh, you love it you know you, you you hate you know the the tragedy and for all the people so so severely impacted and what remains of that you know grief battle that they're in but thought it was uh it was incredible to see what doctors and nurses could do and first responders police firefighters ambulance paramedics and it was impressive to see that in Humboldt you had a hockey program on par with anything that you would ever see that was really heartening so I, I enjoyed that well and you mentioned that uh, it should be in every rodeo dressing room and a lot of our rodeo dressing rooms are hockey dressing rooms right rodeo and hockey aren't maybe super tightly knit but they're a lot closer than I think some folks might think so again yeah. Ron I super appreciate you taking the time to do this and we'll let you get on to your to your next comment here, but I thank you so much and, and I look forward to catching up again soon some, somewhere. My total honor, Ted and Wacy. Thanks a bunch and we'll see you down yeah, the road. Thanks, You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. We've been sitting on that one for quite a while. Ron, we've... Uh we talked to him back in September and we've been saving yeah. it for a time and we had a guest cancel last minute on us. We're going to get to catch up with him in a little bit, but mm-hmm. we luck we've been sitting on this one and waiting on it. So it worked and out really well. People have been wanting, I've been asked, getting asked about yeah. when's the next Ron pod coming so out. Finally, so finally we delivered and You're we welcome. put out the second Ron cast. So thanks again, Ron McLean, the legend, the icon, Amazing one of the most guy. famous people in the whole country. And he was on Cowboy. Canadian can icon. You be- can you believe it? A lot of people are not going to believe it, but it, he's re- that was real. The real Ron McLean. Thanks again, Ron, for being on the show. Next show is going to come out on in the middle of March. At some point in March. And we're going to have four-time world champion bareback rider Bobby Moat, president of the World Champions Rodeo Alliance, WCRA. Remember back to April 2018, we spoke with Bobby about the May launch of the WCRA and all their plans to enhance rodeo. We'll follow up with Bobby and see how things are going. It's going to be good. That'll be good. Yeah, it's cool how much he, like, educated he is with it all and like, oh, how yeah. he's out in, into it. Did you know that since the launch last May of the WCRA and his partners have paid out over $3 million in prize money? I just seen that on their homepage. You, you just read that? That's pretty cool. I'm glad that you did your homework. They also have some big money events coming up this spring with the newly added Western quarterfinals for the time events with $120,000 guaranteed. The second $500,000 semifinals mid-May at the Lazy E in Guthrie. And the recently announced one-night $1 million rodeo, the Titletown Stampede in Green Bay, which on their co-pro alongside the PBR. So they're going to be a PBR event in conjunction with that. Yeah, same time, oh, same nice. weekend. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So we're excited to talk to uh, Bobby in our next podcast. In the meantime, if you want to know more, visit WCRARodeo.com. This was episode 33 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. 
Brought to you by Everything Cowboy.